0: My name is Ripley. And my name is Jerry. And this is Into the Ether, a Genlock Introspective Podcast. This is episode zero, and today we're just going to be talking about who we are, how we got into Genlock, and why you should listen to us, what you should expect from this podcast. I'm going to start by asking you, Jerry, how did you get into Genlock? Well, big surprise for you here, but I actually heard it from Ripley. What? Um,
1: yeah, um, we both have a general interest in animation, sci-fi, and gaming. When uh, Ripley told me about this upcoming series and showed me some Uh, Stills from it, It, yeah, it really piqued my interest, because I've been into the mechs and comics and all that type of stuff for a long time now here, so it it just looked like a really good presentation of what I imagined a mech series could be as a child, because clearly the technology to pull something like this off didn't exist back in the day, so... It's really exciting to see sci-fi imaginations brought to life in such a vivid and colorful way. So uh, how about you? Uh, How did you get into this series?
0: Well, I first heard about Genlock during the Ruby panel in RTX 2017, which is where they first announced it. It was just a teaser image and some banging music (laughs) and Grey Haddock saying we're doing a mecha series. I love because I'm not hadn't been quite as into it from my childhood as you, but you know I'm older now and getting into. I mean, always always getting into new things, yeah. and I've been into Rooster Teeth since 2008, and it's been really interesting to see how they've grown. You know, I wanted to continue watching that journey, and John Locke is the next part of that journey. So doubly exciting that it was something cool like Mecca's, but I would have even watched it if they were like, we're going to do a show about cuttlefish. Right. Or, you know, watching paint peel. (laughs) I would watch that if Rooster Teeth put it out. That's where I got into it.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And Genlock itself was born from this growth where Rooster Teeth started as six guys recording out of their closet, doing what was supposed to be a six-episode bit that turned into Red versus Blue, which is just announced season 17. Uh-huh. And that's what got the whole engine going, this whole rooster teeth monster that, that it's become. They had a few years of growth by the time I got into them, and then from there, I mean, it's just been exponential. Mm-hmm. Where the first RTX... The unofficial one in 2011, I want to say, was just maybe a hundred people showing up at the the offices and they did like a zombie game. It was not part of that one. But I went to the next one and what I remember about that second one was that they had planned it for 250 people. They put the tickets out. Somehow the ticketing program broke and they sold over 500 tickets to this this (laughs) first official RTX. And... I mean they did they did the honorable thing and that they closed it down as quick as they could so they weren't selling like five hundred thousand tickets with no way to do anything with them. Right. But they you know, they had these five hundred tickets for this convention that they were only planning two hundred and fifty for and they scrambled and were able to get a bigger bigger venue and and be able to accommodate that number of people, like double the number of people they were originally planning. And right. then from there it just shot up into the thousands like the next few years. They're they, so they they've always done red versus blue right they've done live action bits they've done the, the live action shorts they've they've branched out into talk shows now they've got live action drama series with day 5 and pushing to with a- always with animation and the interesting thing about the growth of uh, Rooster Teeth's animation into what is now Genlock is this desire to pull from the community and in See, for for Red vs. Blue season seven. God, it's been a while. Has it really been that long? That <laughs> <it> was like, <laughs> oh, God. So.
1: <laughs> the idea of it already being seven seasons old, and then you probably got a good number after that since Rooster Teeth is celebrating their 15th anniversary yeah. at this point.
0: Yeah. Um, they pulled in an animator for Red vs. Blue. Because Red vs. Blue up to that point had been strictly anime strictly machinima. Right. Where you're using the game engine to record the video and then putting your audio over that. Right. So you're using a video game, they're using in this case, they're using Halo for Red vs. Blue. And they brought in an animator, Monty Ohm, who they'd pulled from from the internet. He'd done uh the Dead Fantasy series and he'd done little fight like fight sequences between Samus and uh, uh, master chief or, or kind of quotes master chief right and so that kind of started this pull from the community I mean I don't know it really started then I think they kind of always been doing it mm-hmm. but that was like really when they got this big name from from the, the this world of self-taught animation and got him into it and then from there they'd be doing red versus blue for a few more years in 2013 20- 13, I think, is when the yellow trailer came out for Ruby. Right. And Ruby came about, if my memory serves, when... But Monty Monty approached approached the the higher-ups and said that he wanted to do an original series. And they pretty much said, you can do whatever you want. They trusted him. And he and Carrie got together and they created a map. And that's kind of how Ruby got started was this, it was ketchup on a napkin. Mm-hmm. Because Monty had this idea that, you know, natural formations, you can find them anywhere within nature, like fractals within nature. and So he kind of like put ketchup on a napkin and like wadded it up and then pulled it out. And then that's where you've got this map of... Of okay. rem- remnant. Uh-huh. Uh, That's
1: an interesting way of creating a map.
0: It really, yeah. is. I mean, and it really works too. Yeah. You know, I think that theory really holds up. And I've had friends tell me to to make maps with salt on a table and just push it around and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So, like using natural things to to make other natural things is kind of right. the idea there. That's how that got started, and uh, the the important thing here was money was one of the big influences and pushing towards more original IPs in animation and growing this animation and now they've got Ruby, they've got Camp Camp mm-hmm. and now they've got Genlock and with Genlock they wanted something that Ruby fr- fans could grow into as they got older because Ruby was initially towards a younger demographic right and they also wanted something for their long-standing sci like heavy sci-fi older Rooster Teeth Red versus Blue fans, right. who maybe took a look at Ruby and Magical Girl Monster Hunter wasn't quite their thing, right? So yeah. kind of you know it's just a little more something in a different direction so mm-hmm. they can appeal to a greater number of their fan base.
1: Take what they can from Red versus Blue, give a more original content, character-driven spin to it. And see what they can come up with as an original idea from that.
0: Yes. Absolutely. And as someone who's been with Red vs. Blue, with Ruby, with Camp Camp, and has seen that progression, I feel like Genlock is the culmination. Like, Genlock can't exist without all those other things having come before it. Right. And and also, I feel like there's this this consciousness as a company in, in like... Like, Genlock is this statement about where we want to go, mm-hmm. what kind of company we want to be, what we want to put out in the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they've gotten to this place where they're so big and they're so popular. They're pulling in names like Michael B. Jordan. Like, they really have this amazing platform right. to kind of drive, I think, the next stage of of independent animation mm-hmm. and competing against the big dogs, putting out these other these other ideals and themes and motifs that you wouldn't normally see. Yeah. It's all very exciting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even though it is a a sci-fi futuristic show, it's very much talking about what we as a society are living through and dealing with today in terms of technology and politics and potential of humanity in both directions. So they're, they're really... Trying to be deeper and making a statement with this art rather than making it up as you go along. Clearly, this is not a "we're making this up as you go along" type of project. They've really put some pieces of themselves into this.
0: Yeah, thing. they've got a they've got a plan. It feels like. Um, on that note, you'd mentioned being relevant to today's society, and I wanted to pull a quote from uh, an IO Nine interview with gray haddock back in 2017 after it was first announced by evan narcisse where they would described genlock as the storyline as on the losing side of a global culture war that feels like what we're going through right now in yeah. a way here in the u.s yeah. in particular in other countries as well
1: yeah and in some of these earlier mecca stories it's like the humans versus the outside force the aliens coming in after them but on on this one it's humanity on on both sides yeah so
0: man versus man
1: yeah so so you can you can kind of choose to flip your perspective if you want to and think why is this other side coming after these people i'm looking at now Uh, because they're human beings you can kind of speculate on human motivations for why these quote-unquote bad alien forces are doing what they're doing so in a way you you get to wrap your brain around both sides more than you would if you're just like discounting the other team or country or whatever just because oh they're all aliens so they don't matter to the human experience this is the human experience on all sides yeah
0: yeah, so that's, that's pretty exciting. So what you can expect from this podcast is we will be going through each of the episodes and breaking them down, breaking down these character moments, breaking down some of the plot and and motivations between the characters and the political organizations at play, and maybe seeing if we can figure out what's going to happen in Season 2.
1: Sounds good. <laughs>
0: right. Well, this is Ripley. And this is Jerry. And you've been listening to Into the Ether, a Genlock introspective podcast. Until next time.